Hi everyone, my name is Julie Jordan O'Brien. I'm working as an advanced nurse practitioner in plastic surgery at Bowman Hospital in Ireland and I'm looking after patients who need reconstructive surgery. You're now listening to a Yuma podcast. Yuma is the abbreviation term for European Wound Management Association. Yuma is a not-for-profit umbrella organisation linking national wound management organisations, individuals and groups with interest in wound care. Are you curious to know about the latest trends and topics within wound management? Do you have 20 minutes to spare? Then this Yuma brand new podcast might be for you. Yuma podcast is a place for discussion and learning where you can also listen and learn more about the work of other experts and peers in your field. Today we will try better to understand the diabetic foot together with the Professor of Surgery and Director of Southwestern Academic Limb Salvage Alliance, Salsa, at the Keck School of Medicine of the University of South Carolina, California, excuse me, David Armstrong. Welcome, David. It's a pleasure to be with you either coast. We can be bi-coastal or tri-coastal. Tri-coastal sounds good to me. So chin-chin on that. And good on you. You don't even know this, but I'm wearing some Guinness socks. Are you? Oh, look, they're so cool. I know. These were given me by Pauline Wilson. Do you see them? Uh, Can you you see them on the The Guinness? Yeah, this just happened. That's really nice. I don't have any Guinness socks on today. (laughs) Well, that that can be changed. Okay. Just go and see Pauline Wilson. Pauline Wilson. She'll hook you up. We need some socks, Pauline. Yes. Pauline's a good friend of mine, and I, I didn't get socks. <laughs> will you bring it up with her? Okay, we will do. link to this podcast. I will, her, of course. Her and several thousand of her closest friends. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yes. Chin chin. <laughs> I feel like we should be drinking Guinness now. This is water. <laughs> it's only 10 o'clock in so the morning, far. David. <laughs> so can you share with us how you understand diabetic foot and how we can prevent ulcer formation in the patients with diabetes? Yeah, well, look, th- this is, um, I think, um, for a lot of people, whether they're listening or not, this is like the biggest problem that a lot of people haven't even heard of. Sure. Um, this is a, a problem now that is is unfortunately ubiquitous. You know, now every 1.2 seconds, someone around the world develops a diabetic foot ulcer, and every 20 uh, seconds, someone with a with an ulcer gets an amputation. So we like to say that uh, you know time's up yeah. for this problem, and there's a lot we can do collectively. That's why we. You, you and I and uh, 3,800, 4,000 of our closest friends are here at Yuma uh, in Gothenburg uh, to try to uh, make a difference in this area. And the fact of the matter is, is that we can make a difference. Um, uh, but it's hard uh, because what's happening now is so many people have largely ignored this problem um, that we're seeing this kind of tsunami of demography kind of uh, overtake us, not only in the EU, uh, not only in North America, but frankly, hmm. uh, around the world. But it's it's a start that we're chatting today to try to make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody can make a difference by very simple steps, mm. would you say? I would. Uh, so, I mean, one of the simple ones is, you know, we started by uh, chatting up our socks. And one of the most simple things is to knock your socks off <laughs> for, if you're a patient. And that is when you go into your GP's office uh, and uh, or into a clinic and you're seeing a nurse or a doctor, just uh, and it's just for a general health visit just knock your socks off because you know that uh, man or woman that's looking after you has to look after your whole body and and uh, very often you know they don't have time uh, to look after uh, to look at the feet if you happen to have diabetes but uh, if you take the socks off you can, we might direct them to, to looking at that and we did some studies early on that showed how infrequently many doctors and nurses uh, actually will check the feed because they're so overloaded with so many other things. And that's one prompt to help them focus. And when that happens, 
uh, the rate of, of assessment goes way up. And you know, these assessments uh, for doctors and nurses uh, are, are not complicated. Mm. Uh, we've been able to kind of uh, uh, drill down like some of the key essentials for a foot exam in just three minutes. Sure, sure. And very often they come and take one sock off, but don't take the other one off. <laughs> well, there's that too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they say, oh, oh, this was uh, this is my bad one, and this is my good one. When sometimes the good one it's is the opposite. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> nailed to their uh, uh, shoe. You know, exactly. We've actually seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, on more than one occasion. So yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. So knock the socks off is the message there. Okay. So um, as a result of your research, have you been uh, advocating the multidisciplinary team approach yeah. in the management of diabetic foot? Well, do you want to talk a little yeah, bit about that? I, I do. I, listen, I will talk about whatever you want. Uh, but yes, uh, you've got me. I, I'm already on my third glass of water. So, gosh, I'm already three sheets to the wind. <laughs> mm. But but look, the bottom line is this: that um, is that no one nurse, uh, physician, surgeon, therapist uh, can do this alone, mm-hmm. and no uh, a, a man or woman is uh, unto himself an island, and. Uh, um, what we have found is that when you put like-minded people together that care about the problem, that teamwork just works, and it works around the world. And it's different, different uh, uh, in, in different countries, and diff- even sometimes in, just in different hospitals, you might have different clinicians with interests in, in the area. But many years ago, we came up with sort of these core uh, competencies, if you will, that a doctor, a nurse uh, should have, or the, the few things they need to tick off the boxes. Uh, in order to set up a really good multidisciplinary team. Mm, mm. Now, uh, in the United States, um, we've uh, there's been a big trend toward marrying podiatric surgery and vascular surgery uh, together, and that has been nicknamed um, uh, the toe and flow model. Okay. And that has become really popular. It's pretty cool because our, our national and international organization, the Society for Vascular Surgery, uh, to which I belong, and the... Uh, American Podiatric Medical Association have really teamed up to really uh, promote this kind of thing. So you're starting to see these uh, uh, units which have at their core toe and flow um, in in, uh, university teaching hospitals initially Mm. and then coming out to other kind of regional hospitals and then some community hospitals now. So this is starting to be a little bit more, a little less exotic and and, uh, and a little bit more commonplace, which is great. So this is been now a significant trend over the last between five and ten years, which is really, really exciting because what we see is that when you put these teams together, good things start to happen. We start to see in almost every case, uh, there are so many uh, studies now from our group and from so many others, uh, uh, a dramatic reduction in um, in lower extremity amputation. We see changes in the length of stay in hospital uh, and we see uh, reductions in readmissions. Uh, and all of that not only improves sort of the bottom line for the hospital administrator or the health minister, but it's just better care for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I think patients build up a rapport then with the team as well. Oh. And, and what's really cool is, you know, the team move and not the patient. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. nice that they don't have to go to your department and then over to podiatry right, and then back right, to right, orthop- right, orthotics. Right. And exactly. So so on. Yeah. We have our we we have clinics uh, in four big hospitals in our um, um, in Los Angeles, spread out across uh, a population of 10 million people. And uh, our goal when I was recruited out a couple of years ago was to eliminate what we call preventable amputations over the next generation. And it seems like a fanciful thing, 
but it's not. I really think that we have that opportunity now. Sure. But it starts with this team. Yeah. And it starts with the patient in the room, and it's so much fun. And it's hard. Let me just say, it, you know, we have a saying that hard things are hard, and and it's it's uh, it, you know to try to get different clinicians together and you know to to orchestrate that is a little chaotic, but that sort of organized chaos is what makes these these clinics so much fun. So yeah. we have them where the patient's in there, and sometimes in the room, uh, you know, we might have uh, five different clinicians at one time, and that's very common. Yeah. Um, and you know, we might have a toe and flow, toe doctor, flow doctor, and also we call it, we add uh, physical therapy or physiotherapy, you might say. Uh, so those three we call toe flow and go. Because uh, they're, they're working with them. Excellent. Not only, yeah, you like yeah, it. Yeah, I like and, it. And, and, so that, and that's trying to get people moving, but also yeah. trying to, uh, you know, for PT wound care, which is really elite uh, in our institution. In addition to that, we've had occupational th- uh, therapy who have also doubled as doing some behavioral work, mm-hmm. which we found to be just wonderful. Nutritionists uh, uh, and dietitians who will either see the patient at the same time as us or just before, and our prosthetist orthotists, as you mentioned, um, as well as so many of our trainees. And I didn't even mention our uh, in our other hallway right uh, right next door, we can pull in uh, my friends in plastic surgery, oh, and, which cool. is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's great. And so it's just, I feel like the luckiest toe doctor on the planet because I, you know, I've got all these men and women yeah. that are just terrific, and our patients are, you know, they're our family, and uh, it's it it it's really wonderful. And you know, you're going through a lot of this stuff together. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what motivates you and, and keeps the passion there is seeing the benefit to the patient. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I, um, I grew up. With uh, with podiatry, uh, so my, my father passed away about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, was a want, just a wonderful man and, and smartest guy I ever knew. But he he uh, became a foot doctor, and uh, you know I don't think anyone even knew what it was at the time. But uh, and I but I grew up in the in the office with him, and I saw how this uh, little specialty, this podiatry, could alleviate um, pain. Uh, and there was like this instant gratification. There are very few specialties that can do that and make someone feel better when they leave mm-hmm. the same day. But what's funny is I've sort of gravitated to the exact opposite end of the sort of spectrum where my patients don't have one of my mentors, uh, Paul Brand, he used to call a gift the gift of pain. They've lost it, so they don't have pain. So there's no real instant gratification. Sure. But there's the gratification in this long kind of narrative arc of care when you're taking care of people and that carries with it I think arguably an even richer reward because maybe we're measuring success not in uh, you know just you're making someone feel better uh, initially but you're you're doing it over the long term from the alpha to the omega Mm. and what's cool is that um, when you marry the toe and flow together both the vascular surgeon and the podiatric surgeon tend to follow people, they tend to follow patients, um, surgically, non-surgically, over a lifetime, which is not the same, Not which doesn't exist in a lot of other uh, sur- uh, surgical specialties, if you think about it. So those two things make it a really uh, wonderful team 
just off the bat, just kind of culturally. Sure, sure. And I, and I think patients build that trust oh. then, don't they? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? And, and, they, and they want to see you all the time. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example. So um, for uh, the better part of a decade, I worked with uh, uh, one of my uh, best friends is uh, Joe Mills. Uh, and don't tell Joe I said that. Uh, but uh, Joe, Joe and I worked together uh, to build a, a group called Salsa when we were in Arizona. At, at that time, we called it the uh, Southern Arizona Limb Salvage Alliance. It wasn't the Southwestern Academic Limb Salvage Alliance as it is now. But Joe and I started at the University of Arizona um, and uh, building up this tow and flow team. In fact, that's where the, the term got coined, if you will. Um, and um, we, uh, you know, worked together for a long time, built up a lot of this sort of model. Uh, and after copying other models, mm-hmm. like in Boston and Manchester and London and other places, but um, we're actually going to be together here in just about an hour, uh, and uh, we're doing one of these meet the professor sessions. Very good. Yeah, yeah it's going to be called uh, Toe and Flow in the Know. <laughs> so uh, that'll be my first time seeing him in a little bit so we'll get to catch up I'm sure we'll spend most of our time arguing so Very if you're going to be there be good everyone, yeah <laughs> you guys uh, I'm sorry in advance uh, prophylactically to those of you who are going to be at the Meet the Professor session very good very good mm. that's excellent so um, <clears throat> could you just talk a little bit more about you know we talked a bit about building trust with your patient, but like, how do we empower our patients more? Because we're talking them to offload and to to not walk, oh, yeah. and yet walking empowers them to mobilize and be motivated yeah. again. Oh, you are just. You don't I'm even, so yeah, sorry. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah, tough yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's great. You don't even have a script in front of you, but you're hitting on. No. So, 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 just, so just yesterday, yeah, literally yesterday, we sent off. Was yesterday the fifth? Yeah, we, yeah, sent, we sent off. Yeah, we sent off. That was the due date for our uh, one of our National Institute of Health uh, grants that we just sent off, where we're studying this very issue. But I, I'll summarize in that um, we are uh, this issue of, of, of how do we get people to do what we think they should be doing, which may not be the right thing, by the way, but we think it might be. We have to do things with people and not to them. Exactly. So for um, a large portion of my career, we've had an interest in in what's called offload and pressure, basically protecting the foot so people can walk and heal even while they're uh, you know, they can heal even while they're walking. And some of the things that we've used have been tough. Toe flow and go. Nicely done. Cool. Toshe. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that, that just happened. Uh, but, but the, so, but it's still so water. The, so it's a, uh, but, we, uh, but, but anyway, uh, they'd be walking in a total contact cast. But you know, a total contact cast, the reason it seems to work is that it's irremovable. And we've done a lot of research where we've, in the early days of what people call wearables now, where we've measured <clears throat> removable devices that offload as well as the total contact cast, but don't heal people as well. And we found that people are removing them and not putting them back on. In fact, only wearing some of these removable devices, like some of these boots, for an average of, no kidding, 28% of their total They wear activity. it to clinic, though. Yeah, they will very often, <laughs> and sometimes not even that. But, but what it, and so what we've done is we've uh, often taken those removable devices and rendered them irre- irremovable, which does help healing, for sure. I mean, the data are clear. But um, it w- wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to do something that was so punitive, that was so uh, kind of, uh, it, it just seems so kind of draconian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so part of this grant is taking a really cool new technology where, uh, in fact, some of it's here at this meeting um, where there's a, a removable cast walker 
a boot uh, made by Optimal Molitor, uh, so a company that's uh, working with a startup uh, that we okay. work with called uh, Sensoria, and we've mashed them up, and they've made a device now that will tell the patient when the device is on and when it's off, and it'll give them on their smartwatch a little thumbs up or thumbs down to kind of gamify adherence. And it will also, and you can also program in potentially a, a kind of activity regime for them. Um, and then, if they're kind of out of adherence, on the next week, the nurse, the doctor, the therapist can then talk to them and can say, "Hey, Miss Garcia, you know you've only been wearing your device for about mm, about half the time, but that's better than the week before when you were only wearing it about a quarter of the time. So, but you still, you know, every step you take is a step backwards." Oh, I think I see that now. Thank you, doctor. And, and, and instead of, you know, just hectoring them on things, now they have a little bit of data and and hopefully being able to move people into a little bit better kind of, if you will, health economy to where, okay. to where they're going to be, to where we're going to give them data on doing the right thing yeah. and to try to push them into that by coaxing them and coaxing other family members. Yeah. We don't know what this is going to do. We don't know if it's going to work. But we're going to be studying that and uh, hopefully get this grant and we'll yeah. see how it goes. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's that and there's a bunch of other kinds of gadgets. In fact, I just gave a whole lecture on gadgetry now, everything from wearable robots to implantable sensors. Yeah. Some of these patients are quite elderly and their balance is really poor. Aren't they? Aren't and they? and, that's a and I worry about the falls risk. and. Yeah. And so one of the other things uh, that we have found that is uh, profound, you really hit on it, is that uh, uh, something that connotes um, quality of life in these patients, mm. in most of our patients, is actually uh, stability. I don't mean emotional stability. I mean like uh, I, I mean like uh, like uh, not being unstable. But that feeling of instability actually leads to a feeling of not being able to navigate your environment, um, and so that leads to depression. It leads to feelings of just you can't you know get stuff done right. Vision, yeah. Correct, and uh, and so uh, and it also just leads to loss of independence. Um, so in fact, that's work that. Uh, one of my friends, Luquita, from uh, Manchester, she's actually originally from Lithuania. She's done some really pioneering work in that and in looking at instability um, and looking at the causes of uh, kind of basically uh, what makes us feel good and feel bad in terms of quality of life. And I think there's a lot of work that can go on in that area. So focusing on that, getting people maybe to improve their stability is possible. And there are different kinds of exercises that can be done now. We've been working with some of those. There are also some different kinds of gadgets that actually may uh, transiently improve stability. Mm -hmm. uh, believe it or not, there are some, uh, one of my uh, colleagues, my former uh, uh, staff member, and now he's a full professor in, uh, at Baylor, uh, Bijan Najafi has been working with, believe it or not, vibrating insoles. Okay. Yeah, that have this kind of stochastic uh, resonance. It's just a $5 word for saying, or maybe a five euro word. Uh, five euro is quite a lot more than $5 uh, with, with the current exchange rate. Uh, and uh, it kind of helps people um, improve their sensation ever so slightly. Okay. And that might actually improve their stability a little. Okay. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. So really it's about empowering patients to take it. Oh, like it. That just happened. <laughs>
I'm, I was going to break out into a song there, but I, well, I, I, I won't. But like, um, I think trying to empower them to take control of their life and their sugars and their whole in their yeah, foot right. as well as the whole body. Yeah, well done. So I, I, I think that's I, I think that's true. Uh, and um, I, I think that is when some of this gadgetry and technology could potentially be at its best. It might also be at its worst, and I think we're going to have to figure out how to how to marry this technology with a little common sense mm-hmm. um, and not overload people. Mm-hmm. And I think the science, if you will, of how to do that is just evolving now. And we could probably learn as much from, if you will, you know, marketeers and advertisers mm-hmm. about how to communicate this kind of stuff about how to bother people, mm-hmm. you know, without having them just shut off. Uh, a lot of scientists in social media who have really been close to the vest, I think we can learn from them if they, uh, as they open up. And so th- this is a, these are areas that we're working on and working with people yeah, yeah. in a lot of these areas as well. And it's an exciting time. Yeah. I, I think the focus of the conference has been very much around patient-centered care and how can we empower them or motivate them. And, and it's about listening to them, really, about what they want, what are the big issues for them. Isn't, and isn't it? and that's, that's what's going to move forward, I think. I think it's one of the beauties of Yuma has been, I mean, look, this meeting started with a patient uh, where he got rolled up uh, to the podium and, uh, and, and it uh, starts and finishes with that. And it's, if we make it about that, then... Uh, we're always going to be right. I always tell our trainees, in fact, I just did on Monday when we, we had our new batch of young fourth-year medical students rolling in, I said, you know, I usually ask, I'd rather ask for them ask for forgiveness rather than permission if it was to do something. But I said, if you're going to do something and you're going to get in trouble, get in trouble taking care of someone too much. Okay. Uh, and that's the right way to be. Um, and, uh, and I think, uh, but I think, you know, focusing on the patient, is, uh, is the order of the day, and it's not about the gadgetry, it's not about the technology. All of that, those things are in service yeah. of looking after that patient. Yeah. So if there was like a simple advice we could give our patients then, you know, we have the traffic light system, mm. we have take your socks off, yeah. those kind of things. Knock your socks off. Knock your socks off. What, what, and could, what else? I've got, I've got the Irish socks on too. This is <laughs> something I didn't even know. And the, you know, so sugar control and, and, you know, they don't seem to link that with their foot. How do we get that message there yeah. for well, them? I guess the short answer is I don't know. Okay. Uh, the, 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 long, the long answer is we can just keep This trying. is just going to be a tougher interview for you. There, there's that. Oh, look, I'm just, I'm trying, you know what my goal is? This is my goal. I'm trying to bring the quality of the discourse down enough to where when the next podcast comes on, people are going to say, gosh, you know, that wasn't very good, but it was so much better than Armstrong's. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so by juxtaposition, you know, you can only win. Uh, That's my goal. And I I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that I am succeeding. I don't know that there's a real uh, answer to your question, except that we have to keep uh, just trying hard to, 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 every patient's a little different. Yeah. And every patient has that thing that you need to get to and their thing that they want to do. And you have to find that thing. Mm. And that's why it's the practice of medicine and surgery and nursing. Mm. It's a, it's a practice. It's, it's, there is a, it, um, and that's what makes it fun. 
Yeah, sure. And it does sound like you're very passionate and your intentions are very positive and very good. Well, and you've always been a big fan of mine anyway. <laughs> I read all your stuff. <laughs> and our small little diabetic foot clinic that we have in Beaumont yeah. and Dermot Smith is our endocrinologist and he's a super guy. And sometimes there's so many people in the room, there's barely, the patient is there looking yeah. at all these people around them. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. But we have the toe and flow. See, and, isn't uh, that great? Yeah. I mean, and you, and you, you find that when you get you know, more people around this that care about it, you know, you sort of help each other to you you sort of lift each other up you know because yeah. there's times when you're feeling down you know sometimes your clinic you have these great clinics where everyone's healing and you have clinics where people are, everyone's falling apart and sometimes the patients are the ones that lift you up sometimes another doctor or nurse and so it's uh, I boy boy do I know that yeah. so it's a big team effort and it, I agree with you yeah it's a big team effort so we can only try our best well look here's, and hope that the evidence kind of supports us <laughs> even if it doesn't uh, that's where I want the evidence to support us. Okay. So I would I would uh, support the evidence supporting us uh, there. But uh, uh, but listen, here's to a team. Yeah, here's to teams, and um, good luck with your research and stuff. Yeah. I uh, I, I and, uh, and and here's to making a difference. Here's to making a difference. I have. And I have oh, to really say that the the, um, the take home message is knock your socks off. Toe flow and go. There is that boy really hit on all those slogans. I hear a lot of hashtags coming from this, huh? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we only have a little bit of time left. So you've been listening to a Yuma podcast on the understanding of diabetic foot. If you want to learn more about Yuma's activities, you can go and visit our website. It's www.dwma.org or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram at Yuma Wound. Keep in mind that the Yuma is an organizing every year the biggest wound management conference in Europe. The next Yuma conference will be held in London the 13th to the 15th of May. So save the state. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, do not forget to press like and share it with your colleagues. In the next episode, Sam Holloway will be speaking to Sebastian Prost and Ida Vernon Corono about the standardization of wound management education in Europe. Until the next time, goodbye from David and I and his socks. (laughs) 